Hey, good evening, my brothers and sisters, the Messiah. This is Brother Frederick coming to you from Broken Air, Oklahoma, for another exciting episode of Manna for Today. I've had a great day, and I trust you've had a good day. But if you haven't, as I used to say to people when they were going through storms in life, you know, the saying goes from the scriptures, this too shall pass. Anyway, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about something that it came to my to my mind today for some unknown reason, which I think I know why now, because the Holy Spirit was wanting me to talk about this. <clears throat> and, you know, I don't take these episodes lightly. I try to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit on certain subjects to talk about. And I don't just get on here just to get on here, okay? If, I, if, if that was the case, you know, and I get on here on Anchor, I get six people to listen to it because it tells me how many people listen to it. And out of the 80-some people that I know on Facebook, I could get very disappointed and just bah humbug, you know, because I, this keeps this does let me know how many people, because I put this on Facebook and other podcasts. And I've even had, it even shows me the ability that people around the world, I've had as far as, uh, uh, somewhere in Asia and then somewhere else. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was one time New Austra Australia. I can't remember. Anyway, the point is, I just don't get here just to get on here. I'm trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to, to speak about a subject or teach about a subject that I really believe people need to hear. But as you know, and as I know, there's a lot of people out there who have those itching ears because they only want to hear what the pastor has to say as long as it's not, it's not condescending and it's not, it's not telling us to repent and it's telling me that I could be a happy person and put my smile on and be happy all the time. And yet, inside your life is miserable. <clears throat> Hello. And that's another subject. <laughs> I have a lot of subjects. But I was thinking today about a time that there was a church organization that I was really looking into to be a part of. They're Pentecostal. And I'm not going to say the name. And because uh, I grew up Pentecostal. And I've been in the faith charismatic word movement. I was in it for 20-some years and had to get out of it. Well, the Lord got me out of it because a lot of imbalanced, unhealthy teachings that they have built their own doctrines on. And because I started studying the Hebrew and looked deeper into the Hebrew, I realized that there are some things that they're really way off. And this is why I've gotten back to the original scriptures. This is why I try to share it with you guys, okay? But... Doctrines of men. It's a powerful force in the body of Messiah today. Not the doctrines of the Bible. Doctrines of men. And the reason I thought about this today, as I said, there was an organization I was really considering. And I went to met the regional director or the overseer of the, he lives here, uh, they li he lives here in the area. And I showed him my resume. I showed him all my credentials and stuff. And, you know, he was pretty impressed with it. You know, well, we would love to have you and stuff. And, and, but he said, you need to call this other guy who's underneath me and get with him. 
Well, this guy would never call me. And, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves I have with Christians. Their phone etiquette, etiquette is terrible. It really is. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves I've had in the ministry for thir over 35 years, that some of these ministers do not have any good phone etiquette at all. Now, don't shout me down because I'm preaching good now, okay? Listen to me. Anyway, to make a long story short, Finally, I met with the guy, and he said a few things that was kind of bizarre, and, and you know, I just, you know, and finally I got, he said, well, let me send you back to the overseer, and and I called him up, talked to him on the phone. He says, well, now, this is not exactly how he says it, but I, I'm going to do a little dramat dramatization on it, okay? You know, this old Pentecost style of talking. Well, my brother... I just don't, I just real, I just felt in my spirit that you're just not going to be in the right fit for me. I said, okay. And the reason why, and, you know, and he kind of hum hauled around it. He said, well, the first of all, when you came into my office the other day, and this was in the summertime here in Oklahoma, it gets hot, it gets humid. I wear shorts in the summertime. Okay. You know, not holy, not holy jeans like I see a lot of people wearing, but I, I wear nice khaki type shorts with a nice shirt. And he said this to me. He said, well, I, I kind of felt like you weren't going to work out. And, you know, there's some reasons and he wouldn't give me a lot of I said, Well, give me one reason. And this is what he said. Well, I didn't like the way you dress when you showed up in my office. I about dropped the phone and hung up on that dude. You got to be kidding me because I didn't have long pants on. I wear, I wasn't wearing a shirt and a tie. Because you see, folks, listen, in certain denominations, this is a doctrine that they have. Their doctrine, not the Bible doctrine, their doctrine. Besides, if Jesus showed up in some of these places wearing what he wore back in those days and had the long hair, we would have called him a hippie. And he would probably be kicked out of a lot of these offices. And sadly, he'd be kicked out of a lot of these churches because they have their own, they think, holy tradition that must be kept. Folks, listen to me straight up, okay? They're nothing but modern-day Pharisees. See, the Pharisees was a religious group back in the, the days before Jesus, up to the days of Jesus, and then it kind of ended after the 70 AD destruction of the temple. It, they just dispersed and stuff. And now they've regained control of Israel today over in, Jer in Jerusalem. Those are the modern-day Pharisees because they don't, obey Moses's law, the Ten Commandments that was written upon tablets, they believe in the oral law, which is called the Talmud. This is the problem that Jesus had with Christian, well, they weren't Christians, but religious leaders that was hanging on to their man-made doctrines. And I want to talk about that. 
I, I, when I, I remember that story, I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to share. So I'm going to call this episode, Killing Your Golden Calf, Your Unholy Doctrines. We all know the story of the golden calf. Moses goes up in Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. They got impatient. They thought Moses left them out in the wilderness again. And they were grumbling, complaining. So they just had an inkling. Some, probably some turkey guy thought, hey, you know, Moses has abandoned us. And, you know, God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob has abandoned us. So, hey, let's just make our own doctrine. Let's make our own God. And so, therefore, they created the golden calf. We all know the story when Moses came down and saw it, and he broke the tablets and was mad and angry. He was ready to, like, you know, I think it was James and John or James and Andrew, sons of the thunder, strike him down, God, strike him down. <laughs> and he went back on the temple. And see, here's what happens. It happens back in the days of Moses, and it's happening even today. It's been happening ever since that day, to be honest. And so certain denominations, as a matter of fact, almost all denominations, I don't care what denomination is. And, you know, when we got over, what, 3,500 different denominations here in America, no wonder we are the spiritual Babylon of the old days. That's a whole nother story, but I'm not going to get into that. But these denominations build their own doctrines. Now, here's what Jesus said. And I, I was trying to find it, and I finally found it. It's in Matthew chapter 15. Uh, and let's say uh, verse 7. He says, you hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of saying, verse 8. The people draweth nigh unto me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. Verse 9 is a key point. But in vain, he says, but in vain they do worship me, comma, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Let me find, let me just show you another translation. I, I even like it. <clears throat> Here's the BBE, and I forgot what it stands for. But he says here, but their worship is to no purpose. <laughs> while they give as while they give as their teachings the rules of men. Here's the in, easy English version. They say that I am powerful and important, but what they say <laughs> has no purpose. They teach their own rules, which I did not give them. Here's another one. ISV says this. Their worship of me is empty. They call it like it is. And maybe that's what some of these ministers out here in this world in TV land needs to start doing. Calling it like it is. But you know what, folks? They won't do it because when you've got several thousand dollars a month coming in and even in a budget in a year, millions of dollars, do you think they're going to upset the table and, and rock the boat? Nah, I don't think so. Continue what he said here. 
I'm training for this turn up. He says, they worship me and is empty because they teach human rules as doctrines. And let's see. The NHEB says, in vain, they do worship me. Teachings and instructions that are the commandments of humans. Okay. So let me say this right offhand. There are some traditions that are great. You know, traditions and around Christmas, tr traditions around Passover, or Christians call it Easter, traditions over family birthdays and, and you know, and summer traditions. We always, when I was growing up as a kid, young young kid in, in uh, I think it was junior high and high or high school, we always went to Colorado every year. Beautiful country. Loved it. As a matter of fact, when I was turned 16 years old, my parents says, well, we'll buy you a vehicle, son. I didn't want a vehicle. I wanted a motorcycle. And where did I ever get the idea that I wanted a motorcycle? Well, back then I did not know, but the fa my father that raised me for five years, which I thought he was my father, but that's another story that he was. He's not my father, but he raised me because he felt sorry for my mom. She was pregnant with me, three months pregnant. And so he married her and raised me for five years and they dumped me and my brothers and sisters off. That's a whole different story. Anyway. So he had a Harley and I guess at three years old, four years old, five years old. That was such an impression upon me. And when I turned 16, I had to have a motorcycle. Well, when I had that motorcycle that first summer of 16, we went to Colorado, and I took it with us in the back of my dad's truck. And I'm telling you, I had a blast on that motorcycle. Riding up in the hills, the pine trees, the uh, not pine trees, well, pine, some pine trees, but the oak trees and, and – uh, the cedar trees, and there was some other tree that's real well-known in Colorado, was just beautiful. had a blast on it. See, that was a tradition, and there's nothing wrong with this. What I'm talking about is traditions that they think is of the scriptures that are holy, and they must obey them. So back to this dressing issue. It's been taught for many, many years in the Pentecostal and other denominations. Pastors always wore a shirt and tie and a, and a coat. Every single Sunday, every time you saw him, he had that coat and tie on. And it could be blazing hot outside. But our tradition says that we must look, we must look professional. We must look like we are men of God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, sometimes I crack myself up. <laughs> you know, there's nothing the scriptures that says about that, how you dress. Okay. Except, you know, men are not supposed to wear women clothing. Well, back in those days, folks, they all wore the same kind of clothing, you know, with the long skirts and, you know, robes and stuff that they wore. That was your culture. But you knew the difference between a man and a woman by the way they dressed with it. Well, nowadays, it's a free ride for everything. So, you know, if these churches make it a doctrine that you must obey, all because I was wearing shorts, nice khaki shorts, and I think it was a pretty decent t-shirt. I don't wear drabby t-shirts. I wear a lot of Christian t-shirts. 
And he did not think I would fit in because I showed up in a shorts and a t-shirt because of their holy calf, their doctrines of their organization. Folks, it's sad that these churches put doctrines, their doctrines above God's word and his scripture. What if Jesus came to some of these services dressed the way he was back then? And maybe he hadn't had a bath for a week or two. And he stunk. How would they receive him in their churches? Well, it's no secret, guys. You know and I know, in probably 98% of the churches in America, he would be kicked out. Now, come on now. I'm telling you the truth. So, you're going to ask yourself this question. Am I following the doctrines of men, or am I following the doctrines of the scriptures that was given to us? And there are guidelines how we should do certain things, yes. You really got to ask yourself that question. Didn't I just read those scriptures to you in Matthew, what it said? He says, they worship me in vain, but yet their hearts are far from me. In essence, because they follow their traditions of commandments. It's really sad, guys. I don't care where you live in the world. I know every country, every culture has certain traditions, and they're not all bad. I'm just talking about traditions that churches have become very dogmatic that people must obey. Hello. So, as I said before, you're going to have to ask yourself this question. Are these good traditions or are they just man's tradition? But I'm afraid I might rock the boat if I said anything to my pastor. You know, pastor... How come you don't ever just come to church sometime on Sundays and just wear a nice casual shirt, nice casual pants? <gasps> Lord forbid that I would look like a heathen and dress as a common man. You're going to rock the boat. But, you know, maybe that's what you need to do. Now, where I attend fellowship, you know, he dresses casual. And that's okay. He don't wear suits and ties. I don't wear a suit and tie, even though I got them. Sometimes I'll dress up in a blazer with dressed up and, and up, you know. Between you and me, my my wife's eyes just just light up like a you know, like a flame, boy. <laughs> and, you know, and I don't mind doing that once in a while. But it's not become a holy doctrine or my holy calf that I have to look this way all the time. You know, you go out in the streets and you dress up in a three-piece suit, they're going to, they already got you picked out already. <laughs> they already do. But what if you went out there looking like them and smelling like them? Huh, you might win some souls out there. Didn't think about that, did you? So anyway, 
enough of this. I just, I wanted to share this was on my heart and uh, I hope you got something out of it. And I trust that you will share this with people. Share folks, share, 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 please share. If this is going to get out and this is getting out to Pakistan, this is getting out to Nairobi, Kenya. Now this is getting out to India. Now this is getting out to Australia. And I want it to go out further folks. Because over there in those countries, they're hungry for the gospel because their religion doesn't work and they know it, but they come to America, they get Americanized gospel. And that's the sad part. It really is. I've already, I've already had to dis felt and the Lord took care of it. I knew there was something wrong with this guy. In, a, in this, I won't say where the country was. And he was all gun hold of me helping him. And when I share some Hebrew, man, he just thought that was a great stain in the world. He says, brother, I want to hear your teachings. I, you know, you're a great, you know, they call you great men of God over there. And I just, please don't say that. I'm just a humble servant for my Messiah. And he says, you can correct me, teach me. I'm all here. And then within two days after he said that, he disfellowship himself from me. Why? Because he's gotten Americanized gospel and all he wanted to do, because I lived in America, he asked for nothing but money. I wonder where he got that idea from. Hmm. Yeah, it's called the boob tube. Now listen, I understand you can't preach the gospel broke. You can't. Jesus even had a purse changer. His name was Judas. We all know what happened with that guy. And even the scripture says that he had holes in his pocket, which means he would just, hey, here's some money right here. Here you go. Boop, boop, boop. But it takes money to, have to, to do the gospel. And I understand that. But when you talk about money, give me money, 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 it turns people off, especially people in the world. They're not stupid, guys. No wonder the majority of the churches in America is a laughingstock to the world. Because they see us bickering with each other. They see us name-calling each one another. And we killed our own wounded. So, you know, what do you expect? All right, enough of meddling of that. Please share this. I trust that you enjoyed this uh, episode today. Killing your golden calf your traditions and uh, I love you guys. And I want to pray for you. Please contact me. You know, I keep saying that and nobody does it. So I guess people don't want me to pray for them and that's fine, but I will find people who want me to pray because I've seen miracles taking place over in Pakistan. I've seen miracles happen over in, in Nairobi in uh, Nairobi, Kenya because they're hungry for the truth. Hallelujah. We'll see you next time for Manna for Today. May God's richest and best be yours today.